If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 139. That's where we're going to be tonight. That's where we've been, you know, most of this, most of this fall. Um, as you turn there, I want to tell you a story that happened to me the other week that I, I think was just very unexpected. I was in our church office. Has anybody been in the church office building before? I know some of you have, some of you haven't, right? So we're in this office building. And so I was down the hall because I went to the bathroom. And all of a sudden, all of the lights shut out. The power went out. Now, there were no windows or anything. Thankfully, I was washing my hands at that point, but it was still kind of a panic of like, all right, lights are off. I got to somehow navigate my way out of here, right? And then get back to the office. And it was so unexpected. And, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves in scenarios like that, maybe not with actual lights being off, but we feel like all of a sudden somebody has turned out the lights and we're in darkness. For a lot of people, right, COVID-19 has felt like that. We were kind of going along, we were doing our regular thing, and all of a sudden the lights went out. And we were home, we couldn't go to school, we had to do all sorts of different things. Um, For some of us, different announcements about somebody having a health condition, you know, it turns out the lights on us. For example, Amy and I found out that her mom has cancer. Um, And for some people, they lose friendships, or they lose people they love, and it feels like somebody has turned off the lights. And you start wondering, where am I? And the big question that we always ask when those things happen is, God, where are you? Where is God? And so in Psalm 139, the verses that we're looking at tonight give us an answer to the question, where is God? And so I'm going to read for us uh, verses 7 through 12. And the interesting thing about asking the question, where is God, is that you might ask it for two different reasons, right? On the one hand, as I've been talking about a lot, is the idea of comfort. We need comfort because it feels like God is far away a lot of the time. And some of us actually need a little bit of a challenge to say, no, God is there with you no matter what. I need to be challenged on that a little bit. So it gives us both comfort when we need it, but also challenge when we need it too. So we're looking at Psalm 139, and this is verses 7 through 12. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Amen. So what we see here in asking the question, where is God? Right, David, who wrote this psalm, actually begins with a question. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence, right? The way he's actually framing the question is, God, is there anywhere I can go where you're not there? That's the way he says the question. Is there anywhere I can go where God isn't? And he has three responses, right? The first one, he says, if I send to heaven, you're there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. Now, if you remember from our our first Sunday night talking about this psalm, he uses a lot of things to kind of compare extremes, right? Earlier on, he said, when I lay down, when I rise up, So heaven, the highest extreme, and Sheol, which kind of means the depths, which actually means the realm of the dead. Now, is God in heaven? Everybody would kind of say, yeah, that makes sense, right? But is God in the depths? Is God there even in death? And what David is saying is, yes, God is even there. So in death, God is there. And then we see in the next two verses that God is there from east to west. It says, uh, if I take the wings in the morning... And dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there your right hand shall lead, or your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. 
right? Now, wings in the morning, that's really poetic talk. What does that mean, right? Well, what direction does the sun rise in? Does anybody know? Rises in the east, right? Okay, that makes sense. Now, we don't live in Israel, so we might have a hard time with this next part. But if you live in ancient Israel, to the west of you is the Mediterranean. So when he says to the sea, that's as far west as you can go. So he's saying from the east and from the west, no matter where I am, God, you're there. But he also has this idea of, you know, taking up the wings of the morning. What he means is if I travel as fast as morning dawns, as fast as light, right? Speed of light is crazy fast. Who would like to be able to travel the speed of light? Anybody? Would that be fun? I know there's all sorts of consequences if you do, right? But it would be fun just to be able to do that. If you could travel at the speed of light, you could orbit the Earth seven and a half times every second. That's how fast light is. And yet David says, even if I was to travel as fast as that from east to west, God, you're there. Not only are you there, but look at his language. He says, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Right? I think a lot of us have the experience, if you can remember this as a child, when you're walking across a busy street and, you're, and your parent is holding your hand, right? They're leading you, they're guiding you, they're protecting you, they're keeping you safe. And David says, even if I'm all, all these crazy places, Lord, you're still there. You're leading me. You're guiding me. In another psalm, David says, you lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So even despite distance, God is there. So in death and in distance. And then what do we see? Verses 11 and 12. Even in darkness, God is there. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day. So he's already talked about going as far, as, far away as possible, right? Another example of that would be Jonah in the book of Jonah. Jonah tries to flee in the other direction. But even when he's doing that, God is still there the whole time. So he says, okay, forget fleeing, forget going up, forget going down, forget going east and west. What if I'm just covered in darkness, right? Are you there when it feels like there is no light? Well, it says not only is God there, but the darkness itself is as light to him. Now, we have night vision technology, but it's not great. If anybody's used it, it's like, okay, you can kind of see what's going on. But that's not what's, what's happening here. It's the night is as bright as the day to God. It doesn't matter what darkness we're going through. God is there in the midst of that. It's as bright as the day. And so David wrote this psalm, and David's life actually reflected this, right? So in death and in distance and darkness, he actually continued to experience God's presence. Now, he had some great things that happened to him in his life. He was anointed as king. He defeated Goliath. He made a really great friend, his best friend, Jonathan, right? And he got married and things like that. But he experienced deep death, distance, and darkness. Saul was out to kill him at one point, and Jonathan died, and he actually had children die and family members die, and so he experienced death. He also experienced distance. When Saul wanted to kill him, he had to flee he had to actually leave the nation of Israel and go to a foreign, a foreign country to keep safe. But he also experienced darkness, too. As we'll see later this semester, he committed sins, and they had to be found out. They had to be brought to light. But even in darkness and even in grief, God was also there. And so David was the anointed king, and David lived a long time ago. So, okay, maybe David did have assurance of God's presence. But do we? I mean, we have David's words, but do we have more than that? You see, our assurance of God's presence is Jesus and what he's done. You see, why would God be present with us, right? Why, why should he be? Why should he lead us? Why should he hold us? You see, we get to experience the presence of God 
because Christ experienced absence. What do I mean by that? How did Christ experience absence? First, Christ came from heaven to earth. He left his throne next to the Father to come to earth, right? He put some distance there. Not only did he come to earth, but then he took death upon himself and went to the cross, right? For our sins, for our misdeeds, for our faithlessness to God, he took all those things upon himself, all those things that should separate us from God, he took all of those upon himself on the cross, And he actually cried out and he says, my God, my God, on the cross, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken for us so that we would always be able to experience the presence of God. Because of Jesus, God is present with us and he's leading us and guiding us in death in distance and even in darkness. But what do then we do when we're in these places, right? It's one thing to know God is there. It's one thing to learn about it. It's one thing to pray and things like that. But what else do we do when we're in darkness? We keep remaining faithful, yes, but what else? Well, one of the things we do is God's given us this beautiful community of the church to be with other people. You see, I'm sure that many of us have experienced that darkness, and many of us are able to actually help one another out when we're experiencing it. And so people who are a little bit older, a little bit wiser, who have gone through very difficult things, they can help you when you feel like you're in darkness. Right? Your parents, believe it or not, have experienced that darkness before, and they can help you with that but also your youth leaders, right? Myself, talk to them, talk to me. Don't struggle through it alone. You shouldn't have to, and we're here with you. But in death and in darkness and in distance, God is there, and not only is he there, but his hand is holding us and leading us and guiding us. It's a beautiful picture. I wanna give you an illustration that really brought this home to me. Is something that happened in, in the summer of 2018, so just over two years ago. Uh, we were in the middle of seminary, and we were in this really great apartment paying nowhere near what we should have been paying to, to stay there because somebody's basically giving us, you know, that, that rent. And so we were really enjoying where we were. Everything was going well. It's the middle of the summer, getting ready, geared up for my last year. And we hear from our, our, the people we're renting from, they say, hey, somebody has just sold the whole apartment complex. You've got two weeks to move. So we had two weeks to find a new place to live. And we were thinking, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Lord, what's going on? And so we're thinking about that, processing through that. We leave our apartment, and then, you know, after we hear the news, probably within five minutes, we haven't even talked about it because we're still kind of in shock, I get a phone call. And they say, hey, this is Covenant Seminary. We just want you to know that your whole last year is getting paid for. You don't have to worry about anything financially in your last year. And the thing was, it didn't change the circumstance of having to move. We still had to move. We still had to get a moving truck. We still had to, you know, do all those things. And yet... When that happened, it was almost as if God was holding my hand and saying, I am here, I am leading you, I am guiding you, and I'm with you. And so in death and in darkness and despite distance, God is with us. And we are with each other, and we can see that more and more together. I want to close with a passage from Romans, which some of you might know, which talks about the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of God. This is the end of Romans 8. It says, For I am sure of this, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen to that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these blessed words and these promises that you give us. You love us so well, and you know us so well, and yet you still love us, and Jesus still came and died for us. 
Lord, would you help us as we're in darkness? Would you hold out your hand and would you let us know that you're there? Would you encourage us to talk to one another about it? Encourage us to ask those questions. Lord, thank you for these promises. Would you be with us this week in death, in darkness, in distance? Amen.